Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Rocks Life podcast. I'm Greg, and today I'm chatting with Rebecca Mason. Uh, Bex has a pretty amazing record in High Rock. She won her age group at the last World Championships in Las Vegas. She's just qualified for the Elite 15 at the upcoming World Championships. She's the fastest ever UK woman in High Rocks, and she holds the age group world record in the 35 to 39 age group. It was a great chat. We talk about her background, how she manages to fit in training around work and being a mum. Uh, we talk about her mindset, her training, and lots more. Uh, just a quick reminder before we get into the episode, if you'd like any help with your training or your nutrition for Hyrox, then head over to rockslife.com slash coaching or rockslife.com slash nutrition. And you can also check out the latest articles on the website while you're there. Uh, also coming very soon to the site will be an updated article following a survey that I've sent to the Elite 15 qualifiers for the World Championships, where they share all kinds of interesting info about their running and strength numbers, their training volume, and lots more. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, also, if you aren't subscribed to our podcast and our YouTube channel, please do so. It does help a lot. I think that's everything. So let's get into the show. Really hope you enjoy this great chat with Rebecca Mason. All right, we're live. Thanks, Mason. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for having me. So I'm sorry it's taking so long, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's all about the right timing. The timing exactly. is now. Exactly. <laughs> and in on, on, on the subject of timing, you've just qualified for the Elite 15 at World Championships. So congrats. Thank you. Very exciting. Yes. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? You, you buzzing? I am. I am very excited. Um, it has felt like a very long season. Um, my first race was way back in Switzerland nine months ago now. Um, the initial dream wasn't to do the Elite 15 this season, but obviously as we got into it, it's kind of snowballed and progressed. Um, it wasn't kind of until Maastricht that I wanted to then try and get into the Elite 15 again for Worlds. Obviously incredibly happy and very excited that it's on home turf and in Manchester. So I know it's going to be such an epic event. Um, but yes, I'm also very re ready for the season to be finished. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people are, to be honest. I think a lot of people yeah. are. Um, if we, We'll talk about your races and like the, the season a little bit, but can we, can we start with some of your background, your sporting background? You did uh, gymnastics when you were younger, was it? That's right, yes. Um, I was an elite gymnast. I started training uh, when I was five. I quickly progressed through kind of club level um, into regionals, into county, um, and then into the British squad. I was part of the British team from the age of nine all the way up to when I retired up to when I was 18. So I had a really good uh, stint as one of the top UK gymnasts from a young age. And I think that's kind of put me in good stead to transfer a lot of the skills over to, to high rocks, which I now consider my second sport. Okay. Your second sport, what, behind gym, gymnastics? After gymnastics, that's right, right, right. yeah. So between the age of 18 and whatever you are now. Uh, 37. 37. <laughs> what, what, what have you been doing for those 19 years? Um, well, after I had finished gymnastics, I kind of, like many athletes really, lost my way a little bit. Um, I was in this incredible bubble. Um, I was traveling kind of most weekends, competing for the country. Um, I actually qualified for the Olympics uh, way back in 2003. Um, I was part of the team that got a team qualification and an individual qualification at the World Championships in 2003. 
um, which was amazing. Uh, really great for the sport and for, for us as a team. But unfortunately, suffered uh, injuries, as many um, athletes do. And as we were due to fly out to Barcelona, which was the holding camp, the Team UK holding camp before the Athens Olympics in 2004, I ruptured the ligaments in my wrist, bolting. And when the team went out to compete for the Olympics, I was um, on an operating theatre having my wrist operated on. And that was kind of the end of my gymnastics career. And it took a while really to, after that, to kind of find out who I was as a person, not just as Becky the gymnast, as a lot of people um, have to deal with when they leave a sport and when sport is a huge part of them for so many years. Um, I kind of been part of the, the GB team for the best part of 10 years and I was then had to kind of find my own identity who I was as a person kind of where my place was in society um, and obviously then I had to go and work because as a as a, a high performance gymnast we were fully funded I actually went and lived in the centralized system as well at Lillishaw at the National Sports Centre so we were very much in this kind of bubble of coaching training, eating, sleeping, traveling, everything was done for us. So I was very lucky. Um, it was a lot of hard work, um, a lot of training. Um, so it took me a few years to kind of find my way a little bit, but I've always been involved in fitness, health and sport. I actually went straight into coaching. I have always coached throughout my life sport, mainly in primary schools, actually. I, I still do that now. I, I work in the local primary schools, supporting teachers, mainly delivering gymnastics and netball at the minute. They're my two kind of specialists. So I do that alongside my PT uh, business as well. So I always keep a hand in, in, in the sports side of things. Um, and I've also ha I have two children. I have a 10-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, so they keep me very busy as well. So that was kind of what I was up to for the best part of, what, 17 years when I, I left gymnastics. Okay. How that that injury, like pre-Olympics, must have been pretty devastating, right? Oh, it was, yeah. It was not only the injury itself, having to deal with kind of the rehab after that, but then I trained since the age of five up till I was 18 for this Olympic dream, like trained six days a week, six hours a day. I like It was my whole life. Um, I missed a lot of school because of it. We, we had um, tutors that helped us through our GCSEs at 15, Literally from um, the age of nine, really, I'd have at least one day off school a week just to go and train. And most weekends were spent then training with the the, the GB team. Um, so then to have that kind of whole dream taken away, it was, yeah, it was really hard work, really hard. But I have I had a lot of success. I was British champion five times. I did the Europeans. I did the Commonwealth Games as a junior. Um, so I, I got a lot back from it. But obviously, the Olympics is always going to be that be that that dream. And I just thought to myself, I can't do this for another four years because obviously you work on a four year cycle. Mm -hmm. um, I was eighteen at the time, and I thought, no, I this is it was all or nothing. And unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for me. But um, I I have a lot of positive takeaways from it. Okay, good. Um, do you like? I think you sort of touched on it. You feel like that's that experience just as a gymnast, stood you in good stead for what, what you're doing now? Um, Absolutely. I think that the um, key things from a gymnast was I love to train. I really enjoy the process of training. I enjoy the discipline that it brings, the feeling for yourself, 
um, the personal, like the PVs that you get in the gym, the health and the fitness, the mental side, especially as a mum now, you know, it's that little bit of time for myself and then I can come back and, and, and support the family and do all those kind of jobs. But also the competitive side of gymnastics, although I was part of a team, you're up there on the apparatus on your own. And so you have to um, be, have, be that calm. You have to have your game face on. You have to have kind of uh, that focus and, and kind of ignore ex whatever is going on around you. And I can um, kind of use that now when I'm, I'm competing on race day as well, just to kind of block everything out, get my head down, get in my own head and uh, and then just focus. Um, and I think a lot of the, the lead up and the build up to competitions and events, I was learnt from a young age and I'm able to then kind of just transfer those skills over over to um, competition now. Mm. Is that, I, I said to someone recently before London, I was like getting so nervous before the race and like it just it didn't matter really. And I yeah. said to someone like, I can't imagine you know doing the olympics or world championships or something like and like being on this like four-year cycle and like building up to that one event like i'm doing like whatever five five hierarchies a year and i still get nervous for it so it's, yeah. it's, it, it, the, the difference is crazy really yes yeah no absolutely and i kind of said that to myself when i was kind of getting a little bit worked up obviously when i found out that i was going going to maastricht and obviously the elite 15 there and it was like oh this is kind of what i've been working towards and this is what i want to do and i kind of thought to myself there's no point in getting nervous like you've stood on a on a world stage already and stayed on a four inch beam on your own kind of <laughs> <laughs> competing for your country you can run around a track in arena and get a bit sweaty you'll be okay yeah. so it's all relevant isn't it yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um so if we if we we talk about your races and, and and what you've done in higher ups, I'll, I'll I'll rattle off some of what what I can see. So you you're the UK's fastest ever woman. Uh, you've run ten races in total, one doubles where you finished second. Uh, you've done the one championship in Maastricht and then eight individual races. First place in seven in your age group. Uh, one second. First place in Vegas at the World Championships last year. It's not a bad little record. <laughs> <laughs> not bad for somebody who doesn't consider herself an athlete yeah <laughs> uh, and you've got the seventh fastest qualifying time this year uh in barcelona with a 103.57 which was a world record in the 30 to 30, 35 to 39 age group um pretty amazing uh I, I, I don't know where to start with that i guess with the with the barcelona race like it looks like you fairly consistently have improved your times over time, which not a lot of people do really in, in higher ups, I wouldn't say. Um, and in Barcelona was a four minute PB, which is fairly significant at the level you're at. Like, did you feel like that was possible? And also like follow up questions like what has made that possible? What do you feel has contributed towards that consistent improvement? Um, going into Barcelona, I absolutely felt like, I was ready for it and I knew I was peaking and ready for a really, really good time. Um, I think the the main thing with me is I'm certainly not the fastest, I'm not the strongest, I'm definitely not the fittest, but I'm very consistent in my training. Um, I haven't got just time to just train willy-nilly. I'm very focused in what I do. And I think with high rocks as well, it we need to be looking at the data that it gives us after every race and where we can improve on. And then basically going back into training and, in, and improving on those areas. 
Uh, if you look at, at um, my basal results, I've got like a five and a half minute wall ball. I literally died on those wall balls at the end of that race, but it was a big step up on that race. So first race of the season, I'm stood on the start line with uh, Linda and Miriam and Sophie Kaiser is the world record holder. And then you've got Felicity was there as well. And I've literally just come from my first pro event at the, in Vegas to standing up and competing at pro women in my first European event, first one of the season. And I was like, whoa, nothing like kind of jumping in at the deep end here with all these amazing girls. But I was actually more proud of my results at that race than I was at becoming uh, world champion in Vegas because this was a hard race. This was this that I needed to step up and level up to be here and, and racing with them. I learned a lot and it was a great start to the season because um, it, it did make me kind of realize what the next level was all about. Um, so I, I kind of got to the end of the race. I worked the hardest I'd ever had done in a race before and just completely died on the wall balls. It took me five and a half minutes and I was just like, really kind of, I need to sort this out. So I went back to the gym. What do we do? We re repeat the wall balls. We, we carry on with everything else, but we literally just kind of work on all those little things that need working on. For me, it was the wall balls. So then we go to Birmingham and we improve the time, the, 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 even just the wall balls by a minute. And so that, dramatically reduces your time straight away so using the data that we have and being very specific about kind of then going back into training and, and working on that um I think with Barcelona as well I was in a really good place mentally um at the end of last season I absolutely burnt out and wasn't sure whether I was actually going to race again in January I'm not sure if I hadn't got the elite 15 place how much I would have raced this year. I kind of I did um, Switzerland. I then did Birmingham. I got to London. And I, I don't know, something just felt off when I got to London. I'd done three big events, um, had all that hype. And I think people underestimate as well how much, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally, continuous racing and training has on you and your body. And I got to London and, and I was feeling all right, but um, I just couldn't put my finger on it. Something was off. I wasn't I wasn't excited to race. I was just kind of going through the motions. I got severe cramp halfway round. And I think if my kids weren't there, I probably would maybe have not finished the race. I did, thankfully. And, and I won, but I think I only won because I just wanted it to be over. I was just like, I just need this to be done now. Like, just get me over that finish line. Um... And yeah, so my body wasn't quite right. My head wasn't in it. And then um, I got to December. Two weeks later, um, I got COVID. So I was I was kind of down and out uh, physically. Um, I'd been pushed out the Elite 15. So I then wasn't going to race in Maastricht as well. So that was out of the question. I just felt tired, like in everything. It was kind of coming up to Christmas, which is a busy time anyway with the kids and the family and everything else. And I said to my coach, Jade, I said, I'm out. Like, I can't be on plan anymore. I'm just done. I just need some time really to myself and to kind of, I'm not enjoying this at the minute. And the reason I do this is because I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the training. I'm actually standing in the gym don't want to train and, uh, and that's really hard for somebody who loves to, the process and that kind of thing to not want to do it I was almost like rebelling like no no I've, I've, I'm done I've had enough um so I then kind of took a big step back over December um did a bit of training but it was just what I felt like doing really then we had Christmas 
Um, I got over COVID, thankfully. And then I got the call just after Christmas to say, you are in the Elite 15 now. And it was a bit like, okay, right. It's either time to step up or step out. Um, thankfully, I decided to, to step up. Got back to training. I was training one of my clients. I bent over the sled to take one of the, the um, plates off and I sprained my lower back. So then injured myself literally about four weeks before I went to Maastricht. And I, I think when I went to Maastricht, I just was not in, just not in a good place. I hadn't trained properly. Mentally, I was kind of a bit broken. Um, but then obviously really enjoyed it. Did a lot better than I thought I was going to do, considering the circumstance like the previous six weeks. And I got back from Maastricht and I was like, right, let's, so I'm, I'm, we're going to do this. I booked Barcelona straight away and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going all in again, rehab my back. Mentally, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to get back on the good nutrition, get the training down. I'm, I'm much better when I've got all this structure around me. And then the focus became Barcelona and I kind of just went all in. So when by the time Barcelona came, I was not injured. So I was physically strong. I'd gone back to doing the strength training, which I hadn't previously done because of my back injury. Um, mentally, I was up for it. Quite funny, actually, that nobody put me in the top five like they, you know all the like the pre kind of social media behind it or my name wasn't mentioned once which actually did me a big favor because I was able just to show up and just kind of be in the shadow where like nobody was like uh, unfortunately Felicity was kind of put put there in the front so I think she felt a lot more pressure than I did so so I was able just to chill out a little bit on the start line I knew what I was capable of doing. I knew, I know how I wanted to race. And I also knew which other girls were there. They were fast girls. And I knew that initially I wasn't able to keep up with them. So I was able just to kind of stick to my own strategy. And yeah, I, I suppose with Barcelona, it was just a combination of feeling good physically, mentally, and knowing what I was capable of. It, it was just that, that, that snowball effect. Um, and thankfully that's, that's, that's continued now. So um, it's been quite a season. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. I, I, I mean, that people race a lot in higher ups, don't they? I think if this was a half marathon or marathon and people doing like five, six, seven, eight marathons a year, you'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, and then really since that Barcelona time, have you like felt fairly secure in the Elite 15 and like the world has been your focus since that point? Yeah, absolutely. I thought um, hopefully with, with that time I'll be secure, but you never know. I mean, the, the, the times this year are just incredible. Like they are amazing and the sport is moving on so fast now for Meg then tonight dropping a, a sub 60 on the females, okay. like, insane like which, which is amazing because she gets better and it makes us get better um but yeah I was just hopeful I was I, I said to myself I'm all in in Barcelona I'm either in or I'm not racing again singles so I, I will just go and try and um get my world title back as an age group athlete so I was always going to go to world it, it was just depending on 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 which event I was going to to do um but um I wanted to do Malaga as a doubles I've never raced as doubles and uh, my doubles partner Stuart messaged me at the start of this season and said you fancy a mixed one and I said yeah that sounds great but obviously my individual is the priority um but I wanted to get in another race before Barcelona and Worlds just for 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 race practice a little bit of fine tuning um I think that competition exposure is really important 
mm-hmm. um, but without the pressure. And and I thought that that would be a really good one. So just slipped in that 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 mixed doubles. And but we were definitely race doubles again. Um, we got our sub sixty. That was on our list to do. But um, I think we can definitely do better. Okay. No, I, I asked uh, asked if anyone had any questions for you. And seeing as we're talking about the doubles, someone asked what what would your tip be for? I think she was moving. She's only done doubles and she's moving to singles. What would you have? You got any tips for that that move? Like, what's what's the primary differences that you see between the two events? Um, well, for me, actually, I thought it was going to be a lot easier doing doubles than it actually was. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, I fell into that trap too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought this, I'm going to have more breaks. I'm going to be able to breathe. Actually, it was a lot more intense because you are working at a higher intense level for the time that you are actually working on. Um, so my main tip would be that in when you are racing singles is that you pace yourself a lot better. Um, I certainly, my heart rate was actually got a lot higher in my doubles than it did in my singles. Um, although you do get those breaks, but the, you, the, the, the work that you're doing is, is at a higher intensity. And ultimately we were trying to run at a faster pace that I was, I, I am, would run individually as well, because you should be getting a little bit more rest. Um, so yeah, my main thing would be just to pace yourself better in your singles than you would do in in a doubles race. Yeah, yeah. I um, London just gone was my first like single since my first doubles, which was in Manchester. And I come away, I was like, that was quite nice in comparison, actually. Like cause the doubles <laughs> in Manchester was brutal. I remember Ian Irving yeah. said to me, a lot of people had said to me, like, "Oh, doubles, you'll find that easy." Like you know. If you've only done singles, you'll find it easy. And Ian Irving said, "No, if, if you find it easy, you're doing it wrong." Like, doing it wrong, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We got over that finish line. I was like, "That was hard." <laughs> I am yeah. still very tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, to, go back to the to the worlds, the elite race. How are you how are you feeling about going into that? Have you got any expectations? Um, um, tactics, anything like that? Not really. I my, The main feeling that comes up is excitement. I am just so excited for the whole weekend. Um, I think I get a really good vibe from the chat from people that everybody's really looking forward to it. I mean, there's some incredible ladies racing. I'm just, I'm excited to be on the start line with them. It's going to be one hell of a race like, to watch. Like, we are all so close together. So um, I, I think it would be really hard to to actually predict. If I can maintain my top 10, that's kind of where I want to be. I think next season is when I kind of want to be starting to work towards the top five. But if I can maintain top 10, I will be, be, be really happy. Um, as always, my race tactics is my strongest events are the second half of the race. So it's keeping up with, with the girls at the at the front but not leading not leading from the dot it's almost I like to kind of think of one of my high rocks races as a little bit more like a negative split that I am kind of just improving a little bit on each one and then after the road that's when I kind of really try and attack and go all out but until then really it's it's staying up there but it's I'm not worried if I'm not kind of up in front okay Okay. Is it more, are you, are you, so you are looking at what they're doing? Like, so presumably Lauren, for example, is going to go out hot. Yes, um, yeah. You're not, you're not going to like try and stay there. It's, it's more at your own pace. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I'd just be silly to try and chase her at the beginning. 
Um, I think it's not, it wouldn't suit me to do that. I know the events that I am good at that I can then push forward a little bit more on. Um, I would rather sit back to start with and um, push a bit further, further on in the race. Okay. Right. How do you feel about the elite qualifying, you know, based on times? Do you have a, an opinion on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, if you are being strategic about it, you can work it to your own advantage, like looking at what races are fast. I think personally, I think it should be the best of three races. So you race at three different venues and then you get a combined and median time from that, maybe. Um that would be great for high rocks as well because it will mean that more there'll be more elite and pro races uh, knocking around all the different different events. Um, but just going off one race, I don't think that's that's enough really. Um, I obviously what happened at the weekend in Hong Kong, what a race that was. It's kind of right down to the end of the line, and obviously they've had to travel over there. Then Tom's had to come back, uh, and now he's got to peak try and peak again in less than two weeks. I mean. That's a lot, um, and on that, all that uncertainty is, is not ideal, really, when you're trying to um, build momentum and in, intensify your training, ready for for a race. So for me, it'd be great to to, to look at it. I think as well, um, I was on a, a bit of a losing streak from it as well because obviously I came went to Maastricht, I came tenth, but then I I was out of the elite fifteen still, even though I'd climbed spaces up. Um, at that event I then had to even though I'd, I'd beaten some of the girls I was still out so I still had to then go back and re-qualify so there's definitely loopholes and and things that need need working out so um, I would hope that, that they are looking at a better qualification yeah yeah process. be interesting to see what they do this uh yeah. this summer um okay so I uh like I said, I asked asked people if they had any questions, and we've had a few come in. Uh, one is about um, basically how, how do you do all this? Being a mum, working, being an athlete, how do you how do you manage your time? It's to, hard. To I'm not. I like, hold my hands up. It is hard. It uh, it is, and um, I am incredibly organised. That's the first thing. I have my diary at the start of the week. I've got like my non negotiables there, which is kind of. I do the school run every single day. When I um, took on my own business, that was kind of one of my non-negotiables that I want to be there for the kids in the morning and pick them up and give them the tea and then cart them off to their after-school clubs. Um, so I do that every day and, and that's set. I obviously have my clients. I work in the schools um, and I have to train. So most of the time, half past five in the morning is free. So that's when I get my sessions in. So I'm normally home again for seven to shower, give the kids the breakfast, get to the school run, and then I'm back to work for nine o'clock. But it's it is hard. Um and I and I will say that you feel guilty so much of the time. If you're with the kids, then you feel guilty that you're not at work. If you're not at work, you feel guilty that you're not training. And when you're training, you feel guilty that you're not doing everything else. And unfortunately, it's just having that balance. Um, but training for me is a, has, has been and, and is always a huge part of my life. And it's something. It's a choice at the end of the day. What I choose to do this, so I don't see it as a chore. Um, and I and you make it work then because 
you, you want it to work. Um, it's a good. I see this as a as a positive thing, and um, I'm I'm lucky that I've got a good support network as well. We've got, I've got really good family and friends around me, um, and they understand, especially leading up to a race, how how important it is structure and discipline um, and consistency with everything is ask me in two weeks and I'll just be, I don't, I'm not training. I'm done. I'm adding up a bit all. And <laughs> I'm having a lion and I'm not having any more ice baths, put it that way. <laughs> You're allowed some time off. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, another question would be curious to know if she is training with her menstrual cycle and how she's approaching training races in different phases of your cycle? Um, actually, I don't have a menstrual cycle. I have the implant, so um, I don't have to deal with any of that. So <laughs> I do have each month, obviously, yeah, your low mood. Sometimes you feel a little bit tired, um, you're hungry. Um, and it's just listening to your body on those things and actually being a little bit more in tune. One thing that I've really worked on this season is being a lot more in tune with how I'm feeling, knowing which days I can push, knowing which days I need to pull back. If I need to take a rest day, I'm taking a rest day and I'll just switch my training to a different day. Um, ultimately, you're not going to be hitting PBs every single week. And some weeks you're just going to be a little bit slower. And it's just... Um, it, yeah it's just being a little bit more in tune with yourself um because your body knows exactly what it needs you just need to listen to it and that that's one thing that I've, I've been a lot better at this season than I was in my first season is is being a lot more in tune to listening to what 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 my body needs and whether it's extra sleep what food it needs um a fueling correctly uh, and that kind of thing so um so yeah just taking a little bit of time to recognize the signals and signs okay cool um What's your best ever sporting experience? Ooh. <laughs> um, probably, actually, well, two. I've got to say two. Both of them are the world championships. One is gymnast um, way back in 2003. Um, and last year, standing on the podium as High Rocks world champion. Because uh, that was definitely not expe not expected. Multiple world championship experiences. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my other half always says. He's like, so what sport are we trying next? <laughs> <laughs> um, how about the toughest thing you've ever done in sport? The toughest? Um, coming back from injury. That's really hard. That's that's hard as much mentally as it is physically um, because you know you've just got to give it time and it's frustrating and um, no matter what anybody says to you you have to deal with that yourself and and I think for me it's like with my back injury at the start of the year and I have ongoing knee and lower back issues continuously I've got arthritis in my left knee I've got a, a condition called um, Sherman's in my lower back and they're all kind of gymnast injuries so I have to make sure that I'm really on top of them um to every single day really I, I joke put on Instagram I joke that it takes me as long to warm up as it does to do the actual session but that's all really important you know that that maintenance uh, is really really important to, to keep your body going whereas when I was 18 it used to just be getting get your shoes on and, and run and off you go and not think about anything else whereas now um, that maintenance side so I think the, the toughest experience is definitely kind of dealing with with with, with injuries and um if you're not mentally there in your, in your game, or if you have a bad competition as well. 
like right. turning it back round and, and being like, I'm not going to dwell on this. Um, I need to focus on everything that I can do and everything that I've done in the past and, and lead with that. Okay. All right. Um, uh, away from questions for a second, but uh, as you know, I'm, I'm doing a survey at the moment of the Elite 15 qualifiers, uh, how fast you can run, how far, much you can lift and so on. Um, for your 5K, you said just over 19 minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, 42 minutes for your 10K. Roughly, the what one observation I've got from this is like I feel like you run very much closer to your five k pace in a high rocks than a lot of people do. Do you do you put that down to anything? Um, not really. No, no. <laughs> just uh, I try not. I don't. Well, I do wear a watch, but it's more for my heart rate. I kind of just go on how I'm feeling more than anything. And and um, I was a lot more consistent in my splits in Barcelona than I've ever been. So I'm obviously fine-tuning that running. But uh, my background isn't in running at all. Um, as a gymnast, the, the longest we had to run was down a, a tw or across a 12-and-a-half-metre floor area. Like, there was no endurance side of running um, at all. So... Um, and I've never been a massive fan of running. It's something that I've really, really had to work on um, every single week, really, in the last kind of 18 months. And, I, and I'm getting to the phase where I am enjoying it now, but it, it has been a struggle. So I'm still 100% learning on myself, as uh, on pacing and that kind of thing, and improving. Um, but it's not a, it's not a short-term thing, as we all know. It's something that's going to have to just keep on improving over time. So I am getting more aware, but it's still a big work in progress. Yeah, yeah. And do you, I, I wonder as well if, like, I know you touched on it in the, in, the, in your survey, and I'll, I'll put it into the article a bit more, but you sort of touched on your mindset and your experience in competition. And it, it got me wondering whether you're just able to, like, sit at that level for an hour a horrible level that a lot of people probably don't want to sit at yeah, you know yeah. um like close to your 5k pace is, is pretty rough for an hour yeah. you know no Whereas... absolutely and that that suits me like i much prefer in training like the conditioning uh, the metcon style workouts where i am hitting hard getting in that mental place i think my mental resilience and that that and we talk about it a lot in high rocks is you know it's gonna hurt and it's just putting up with that hurt, that grit. And you can't teach that, unfortunately. That's not you either can do it or you can't. And you can train a little bit for it and 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 stick in it. But yeah, I sit in I sit in the red pretty much for the whole of of from the, the start. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think like I'm... my heart rate will will sit around probably one sixty to one eighty for the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. And uh. I... I can I can imagine like and, and looking at your um, your skier two two k skier time eight twenty eight your row time is eight oh seven and when I looked at your paces from Barcelona on on those as well it's like you're at that top end as well for 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 those so yeah I yeah. can I can imagine you're in the red for most of that um uh, someone asked about your rowing coach I think you had a rowing coach for a while did that I did. was that beneficial. Really beneficial, actually. Um, I'm I'm not the biggest. I'm I'm only five foot one, and um, probably not the heaviest. Um, so the ergs are a challenge to me. Um, I have to work really hard on them. I don't mind the skiing, maybe because it's at the start, so you get it over and done with. But I think the placement of the row, you can, it's 
it's quite a pivotal point in the competition, the row is. And I think as well that you're you're running and you're moving continuously through the other elements, whereas you come on the row and you sat down. And I think that that stop, that lack of movement kind of forces you to breathe and kind of go through that motion. And I do struggle with the row. And, and like we, we talked about earlier, how have you improved? Well, one area that I wanted to improve on was my rowing. So I went and got some rowing help and, and support. And she's she's a brilliant rowing coach. She's a concept two um, British uh, record holder herself. So she knows her stuff. Um, and we basically just broke it down and, and went through the technique because I've never had any coaching on, on the ergs before. So uh, not only for me as an athlete, but it's also great for me as a coach to be able to then put that onto my own, own clients. Um, and so we just had five sessions. We just basically went through the technique. We talked about the strokes, um, where she feels like I need to be sitting in. Basically, she told me I need to slow down and, and kind of not kind of thrash it out too much. Um, and kind of use obviously use my legs a lot more whereas we see a lot of kind of the upper body work with a lot of people um, and that's really helped and as a result of that each week now I'm adding in um, rowing drills and um, just steady like just sitting on a row and doing 5k you know it's not fast and it's not hard but it's just time like like we say with running time on your feet just get out it's, it's it all adds up so t just spending time on these machines and just getting comfortable with them okay uh, cool um if, if you were going to change one thing about hyrox so that it more perfectly suited you what what would it be um yeah take out the rowing <laughs> yeah. um oh i don't know I have, I have had this conversation with one of my clients, actually. And we said about, like, maybe changing the order, you know. Because she said to me, you you said that they put the wall balls at the end for a reason. Because, actually, wall balling on their own is not so bad. But at the end of the high rocks, is really bad. Mm -hmm. So, maybe changing the way that the setup is would be um, an interesting theme. So, if you put the wall balls more at the front... And then, and then at the back, maybe that might change the diet. I have the farmers carry last. So you literally right. pick them up and run fast. And uh, But but for, for me, actually, because running is not my strongest, actually the components are, are, are my strength and where I feel like I can attack a little bit more. Actually having a component on the end helps me. If there was a run at the end, I think I might struggle more than I do because the runners would then be able to take off a bit faster. So... How it is now suits me, my style and my strength, but maybe changing the order of things would be an interesting way and I might change the dynamics of a competition. Right, right. Um, just going back to what we were talking about is like like you sitting in that red for the competition and so on. Um, what are you thinking about during the race? Where does your mind go? Um, so I have a little bit of a mantra, which is this is my fun. And it's just reminding me that I am choosing to be here, that I feel very grateful to be on that start line um, because one, I'm in good health. I've got there because my, my injuries are not so bad. And um, there's a lot of people who haven't got the opportunity to do this. So I try and flip it over and, and say like, this is my choice. I don't have to do this. Nobody's making me do this. I'm here because I want to do this. And ultimately I'm, I'm good at this. So let's, Let's push, let's do this. 
um and and enjoy it and I realize like that this is my happy place like this is what you've trained for actually an event is kind of the icing on the cake now what you've done previously is is the hard work this is this is the fun bit um and obviously having my kids at events they'll be there in Manchester so seeing them and giving them a little high five on the way through you know hopefully um it's inspiring them and um I think the only influencer that I, I I set out to be is to be a good influence on on those two. And um, if they can see that mummy's capable of doing hard things, then they can absolutely do it as well. So um, yeah, having them in the forefront of my mind is is definitely what my why. Okay, awesome, awesome. All right, thank you for this. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Is there is there anything you wish I'd asked before we finish up? Uh, no. Are you looking forward to commentating? I am. I am. <laughs> I'm not sure. We're, we're, I'm not sure I'm meant to say this yet. I I, I shared it on my stories, but they're announcing on Friday. But uh, uh, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a little bit like, oh God, at first when they asked me. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and we're doing it. I'm doing it with E Rock, who's uh, awesome as well. So it's uh yeah, it's a it's a privilege, like you say, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to do it. So yeah, it's gonna be good. Good. And hopefully. I'll be interviewing you at the end because I'm interviewing the top three. So brilliant! Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> um, all right, thank you for this. Good luck for Manchester. Thank I'll see you, you there. Um, yes. Is there anywhere where, where should people go to to follow you, find out more about you? Uh, on my Instagram is the best place. It's Beck Mason PT. Um, I will quite often put all my workouts, daily activities uh, up on there. So yeah, give me a follow. All right, perfect. All right, perfect. Thank you. Uh, yeah, good luck for Manchester, and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right, take care, everyone. Bye.